Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Triplano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is a man sent from the future to talk about the past, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. Except I don't memorize long, weird passages. It's important, I think, to prove that you're not fake and to do that. I think that's a, a key thing. Yeah, but also, like, it doesn't mean anything. He could be improvising. Like, it's, yeah, it's there's no way to be like, this yeah. is, if you're coming from the past, you can be like, this is how I can prove, because this is a memory only you will have. I'm coming from the future. It's like, I can't prove anything. Yeah, it does always seem to me that, like, a key flaw in this plan is that, like, they didn't give, Sarah Connor didn't eventually give John Connor a password that her younger self might have, like, grabbed onto. You know what I mean? That I mean, it would have been it would have been sort of a um, paradox moment if Kyle had come back and no. said the password is you know potato cake or something. Not 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 password, but just like Kyle could have been like, "Your you know the best Christmas present you got as a child was the Polly Pocket Deluxe Edition." Uh, okay, you know what I mean. And it's like, I know that because you told your son that in the future and he told it to me and I'm supposed to tell it. Like, I like obviously that. Obviously we can't have, yeah. It's like, it's like a key, like a, like a, a key core memory. memory or something. Yeah. 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 Something that like could have been described to keep the situation um, a little better, but we'll get into all this because in celebration of Avatar 2, the way of water, Sibako, uh, we are covering another James Cameron film. We're completing the uh, the relevant, well, I guess all the sequels are on the table, but the, 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 the two Terminator movies we are likely to ever cover on this podcast. <laughs> nope. Terminator, <laughs> 1984. Uh, and we watched it, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your naked time travelers. Someone's gonna your naked time travelers. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Yeah, when we did T2, at that time, uh-huh. like, a bunch of them were also streaming on, I think, Netflix or whatever, wherever it was. Okay. So I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll throw on the next one, whatever. And then I was like, I think the next one is the one with Claire Danes, the third one. I think. I believe it's I believe it's Claire Danes, and then the with the sexy Woman Lady Terminator. Terminator. Correct. Yes, that's number three. What really annoyed me about that one was that like they did the whole time travelers are naked thing. Mm-hmm. The Lady Terminator literally lands in present day in a department store window, and still walks around <laughs> naked. And I was like, guys, like. But you don't see anything. I don't think you don't even see her butt, right? I think you see, but I think it's like a, I think it's a splash kind of. Like a, a glimpse of Patricia. I think you get butt, but like her hair covers her boobs. But I was just like, guys, w- you create the movie. Don't have her appear in a department store window. Right. If she's just right. like going to walk around naked. What are we doing? That is. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there also a thing in that where like Arnold puts on like a pink t-shirt and pink sunglasses? I don't remember that. There's some like. Is, I I swear I remember Arnold like getting something like kind of effeminate and it being like ha 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 you know played for laughs. 
there was the one where he goes to, I think the third one he goes to a gay bar. Or like, that no, it's not a gay bar. It's, it's like a country bar on like okay. man stripper night. And he's kind of giving like macho man fantasy and then he takes his clothes. So, um, just, just to be clear, you're saying that this like nominally regular bar, not the gay bars aren't regular, but just like a, a country West. Yeah. Like it's not hole in the wall has, has magic Mike. Night. Yes. That, that was the, that was the idea that I, that's what I got out of it was that it was like old Joe's spitting saloon has, has loose meat on Thursdays. The first Thursday of every month, it's loose meat night. So I've seen one, two, three, and the new one, Salvation, but I did not see the Christian Bale one or the other one. Salvation is the one with, um, there's a, a good lady. She's not a Terminator. She's like cybernetically enhanced. It's the. Yes, that's, it's the, it's the actress. I like her. Uh, she was in the gay Christmas movie. Mackenzie, yeah. I believe her first name is Mackenzie. That sounds right. Uh, she's a very talented actress. She's on Station Eleven, which I think is maybe the best television show of the last ten years. Uh, she's incredibly talented. Uh, really, uh, Mackenzie Davis. That sounds right. 90% that sounds that sounds correct. Right. Yeah, uh, she's good in the Terminator. The movie is not good, but she's she's one of the bright spots in it. It's got Marvel syndrome. It's just like it's just too big and too many action pieces and stuff. Yeah, that's my that's my criticism of it. Uh, this movie, however, is 107 minutes long, which is a Great runtime for an action. Could be a little shorter, but hey, could it, uh, yeah, yeah, it could. Uh, and I, I uh, part of the reason I wanted to do this is because obviously Avatar is coming out, and I was like, well, there's a good excuse for James Cameron and the more film tyrant picks, James Cameron. <laughs> yes, noted tyrant James Cameron. Uh, the more obvious picks might have been Abyss, which is you know intrinsically about water, and oh, yeah. um, uh. Piranha 2, also about water, but I watched 10 minutes of Piranha 2 this Halloween season. Thinking, well, didn't like, he get oh, fired from that? I read, I read that on Wikipedia or on IMDb that he got fired from that. <sighs> yeah, it's it's like a weird, I mean, I, part of it I also wonder is like, did he quit? Did he get fired? Like, there's there's not really a very clear through line. And he also wanted to take his name off the movie. In IMDb, it were. said that he was fired, but bought his own ticket to Rome where they were filming so he could be involved in editing and then didn't have any money to eat and had a fever dream because yeah. he got sick. And that's how he wrote this movie, allegedly. So he, so he did not mention the Rome parts, but I did watch um, GQ does these videos that they're very oddly structured. I, I, I'm going to, this is a mini. Is it like the breakdown of the career? Yes. Yes. And I, I enjoy the videos for the most part. They're, they're, they're interesting and it's just getting an actor or a producer or director, you know, someone involved with making movies for a long time. They basically have them run through their whole career. It's, it's a logical setup. For they hit the big thing. ones. It makes sense. Yeah. My two quibbles with it are one, they don't go in order, which is like, really? I don't understand why. The ones that I, maybe I see, I think Vanity Fair does something similar and they go in order because you watch, you like so watch the timeline progress. Yeah, so this they go in order for like some of it, and then they start jumping around on Nimbly Pimbly, and I'm like, can we just go eight is like with a filmmaker, especially like maybe different for an actor where you're talking about, you know, sort of a different process. Like I find it 
I find going through a filmmaker's timeline chronologically makes a lot of sense because filmmaking, I feel like, builds upon itself in a way that acting maybe doesn't. Yeah. Uh, not to not to diminish the the work that actors do, but you, I think that makes sense. Is like you're you you start with your low budget nonsense and you you progress your way up. But he did talk about that exact thing of having a, a dream of the the Terminator, the endoskeleton, uh, and. He was like, it was so weird, like in my dream, intrinsically, I knew that it had been covered with something else and it had been melted away. And I was like, oh, it must have been covered with flesh. Like I woke up and I wrote these things down and he was like, why I knew that <laughs> intrinsically when looking Fever at the endoskeleton, I don't know. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I, I, I wanted to do terminator because i had a theory that i wanted to verify after i watched avatar because i went and saw the re-release alamo draft house here in dc had uh we got i got like a random day off work it had been like a real big push to get a project finish and afterwards boss was like hey everybody take wednesday off like you know have a nice day and it was like great and my wife was working and was like well i'm gonna go to the movies and they happened to be doing five dollar movie showings at alamo that day so i was like heck yeah i'm gonna go see the avatar re-release in 3d five bucks wow five heck bucks yeah, for 3d yeah 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 because we saw that together like, in kop never, we, we did that's right that's right and that was the last time i saw avatar i watched like six minutes of it at the gym once on the little tv on the elliptical that's i watched at I've least seen. part of it recent in the last couple years because my boyfriend likes it and i fell asleep because mm-hmm. i was like i was like it's just yeah. whatever movie and i i was thinking when watching it man this movie just absolutely does not translate from this experience like you're in a theater big and loud giant screen 3d glasses very immersive you can like really focus in on it you're not distracted it's like this movie does not translate from this. You cannot like I just uh, or th- it's either that it or a theme park, but like you're not going to watch it on your phone. Yeah, yeah, and the theme park thing is different because you're not going to watch the movie there. Like I'm, no, but I'm I, I mean about... like the the concepts of all of that I yeah, think yeah, translate yeah. well yeah. to that kind of experience where you can't think too hard. Right, right, and I I think liking the ride in Disney World has made me more fond toward Avatar than I probably had been in the past. Fair, me too. Which I I. I yeah. Um, Rise to the challenge. Siva Ko. Right. So anyway, I'm sitting there in the movie and I'm, there's like no one else in there because I'm at the noon matinee on a Wednesday. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm watching this movie and I do think there's a lot of criticisms you could lay at the feet of Avatar. It's a little bit, it's too long. Unobtainium. It's, it's yeah. Although I have learned since, and I still think that's funny, but unobtainium, unobtainium Titanium is used in the scientific community as like shorthand for uh, things that don't actually exist. Can't reach you. So I think that's, yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a little jokey thing, but I agree that you could have rewritten this script to make a tighter movie, especially because Cameron says he'd been writing it since like 1995. Um, But I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking to myself, man, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to have this revelation. I'm not proposing that I am the person who's inventing a theory, a unified theory of James Cameron here. But having recently rewatched Terminator 2 and then watching this Avatar, I'm like, oh man, this is like, this is his thing. Like he doesn't give a shit about the story that much. 
His point is like, I want to make this. I the thing that interests spectacle. me about making films is, is the spectacle and the bombastic stuff and the and the big, and I'm not so interested in the the minor things. And so I just need a story that connects me to these bombastic moments. And then I was thinking more about this, and I was like, well, of course he is because he worked for Roger Corman. And when you're making a Roger Corman movie, you have exactly enough budget for like eight moments, and then you have to string together enough movie to get enough run time to get to the drive-in or whatever they do now of like, you got to get to 78 minutes so that they qualify you as a movie yeah. for the drive-in B cycle. And it just like clicked for me. And I was just like, oh, he's making a $280 million Roger Corman movie. <laughs> like that's sense. It's exactly what it is. And so I was like, well, all are all of them that? And I don't know that the answer to that question is yes, but I think the answer to that question you could make the argument that the answer to that question is almost always yes for James Cameron. Yeah. Because this this movie is like the basic plot of this movie is just that question people talk about all the time is like would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? Yeah. Although I always want wonder like why did they couldn't they theoretically have gone back to like 1901 or something and like mm-hmm. killed Sarah Connor's grandfather or something or I don't know how Absolutely. time would yeah. work for the, the lineage but like theoretically wouldn't that have also killed him yes i always have assumed that they are trying to figure out how they can do it without interrupting the timeline in a more drastic way like you know that like butterfly effect thing of like well if sarah connor is never born did she like serve coffee to a guy that then worked at cyberdyne and that coffee made you know what i gotcha. mean it's like like they're trying to eliminate the, the like honestly the the real answer is no one wants to watch a movie wherein someone is trying to murder a baby <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying i, I don't need the, to be a baby but i just think it's funny that they were like mom when like why don't you go back 100 years 150 years where yeah. there's like no technology go to where right. it's gas lamps and then the terminator kills someone and jumps away and that's how they made spring-heeled jack in london like yeah 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 i mean much like the predator movies doing the really cool thing with prey like a terminator in victorian london would be a great i mean put put the predator there too like i said all movies need a predator uh or like we said, rather. Uh, but yeah, I think that would be an interesting Terminator movie. I think it'd be like much more interesting than in the future, which is what they seem to think is the only way forward with these. Well, I mean, I think you, unless you're retconning everything, you can't really go back further because then it's like, well, then they wouldn't care because they'd be like, oh, well, this, fa- this clearly failed because we've already done all the other thing. I mean, again, you can't think too right. hard about time travel or your brain explodes. Right. Right, exactly. And it just like it just doesn't work. Yeah, I, I do think you're right. Like it would be I think that movie is just less interesting, is the answer to your question. But yes, in terms of like pure logistics and like what would be the sky like ultimately Skynet's plan should just be to eradicate the entire Connor line. Yes. Like, they should go like the first person named Connor in, you know, uh, year one thousand and one. Just like slap that. Yeah, thing, whatever caveman makes sounds that sound like Connor that will then become they're like, nope, boom. Yeah. Yeah. They just never exist. Yeah. I it's and the other thing too is like, well, if you kill John Connor before he exists, does another leader of the upper you know, does the other another person become the leader? And the answer is like maybe. But this movie 
you're talking about the the plot hole issue or the uh, paradox issue is like Kyle Reese coming to 1984 both creates John Connor as like in the realest, truest sense because he is his father. Yeah. Spoilers. Does he know that? You think, also, do you think John Connor like knows Kyle Reese is going to be his dad? John, John, I think my personal theory is John Connor knows and Kyle Reese does not. Okay, I mean, that make, I mean, I would think Kyle Reese because that seems like a lot of pressure to be like, and you have yes. to have sex with my mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to completion. If you don't, <laughs> if you do not knock you, up my mom, <laughs> yes, this all goes yeah. to shit. I like to think that John Connor is like he's got like a weird stash of fertility drugs, and he's like slipping them into Kyle Reese's rations, so he has like. <laughs> greater sperm motility and stuff i also want to see like, the moment like in in john, god, con Johner, in john connor's like war room with the red yarn uh-huh. i want to see the moment uh-huh. where he realizes he has to send his friend back in time to bone his mom to become his dad because you know he realized that at some point it was like oh well i guess that's tuesday <laughs> you're I like that fiction. Like that scene is very funny to imagine. Uh, but I think John Connor knows from his, like as, as soon as he's old enough, no, I think he knows his dad's name is Kyle Reese. And I think he gets older and he meets a man named Kyle Reese and he's like, Oh shit. Yeah. Cool. Cause like, she does say his I name in the recordings. It. Yes. Yeah. And so like, I imagine it as John Connor is like, I don't know, 20, however old John Connor is in the, the flash forwards we see. And he's like, oh, no, he would be this... like 40. Okay. I, I was just throwing out a number. I did, you don't really see John Connor very well in these. No, but it's words. 2029 like, and yeah. he was born. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah 85. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 85. Yeah. So he's 45 years old. But I, I imagine he like, I don't know. Kyle Reese is what? 25, 30. Yeah. This so seemed... I imagine he met Kyle, Kyle Reese before that. And so I'm just like, just like, oh, hey, I'd like to join up. Oh, welcome to the cause. Soldier, what's your name? Kyle Reese. Or like, even worse, he meets him as like a young teenager who's like abandoned oh. and like needs food. And he's like, what's your name, kid? And he's like, Kyle Reese. And he's like, motherfucker. <laughs> so like John Connor Reese. Now has to be like, well, I have to keep you safe now because I have to, yes. I have to send you to the future. So now, now, my, now it's an escort mission until I can send you back in time. <laughs> it's like a horrible video game level where Kyle Reese is just like randomly wandering off and shooting things with a laser gun. And John Connor's like, no, damn it. <laughs> no, he, he's like, scared of like weapons. Him. So you have to put away all of your weapons to do this escort yes. mission. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or they're they're like, all right, we need we need a volunteer to do this extremely dangerous tank uh, blowing. You're up. You're probably gonna die. He's just like, Kyler's the first one hand up, and he's like, anyone, anyone, anyone. You know what? I'm just gonna close my eyes and I'm gonna point to. Some, I'm gonna pick a name out of the book at random, and then that person's gonna do it. <laughs> he points down. He opens his eyes. It's on Kyle, and he's like, slides his finger up. Carl. <laughs> Rosen. Yeah, I like this headcanon. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I am sure that John Connor knows. I don't, I just don't, I will say Michael Bean doesn't play it like Kyle knows. No, I, and I, I don't think he does. I, I truly think it would be a lot of weird pressure to think about. Yes. And, and, and all jokes aside, it's genuinely be weird to be like, my mission is to, is to make you like, that's a lot to wrap your head around. Yeah. And also like, 
the coercion part of it becomes like incredibly unsettling mm-hmm. if you're if you're thinking about it that way of like I have to convince this woman to have sex with me. But then like also like the I have to want world. to like Kyle Reese now has no say yeah. in the matter either. So like right. neither of them can right. truly consent because right. Right. So I think it's just much cleaner if it's like John Connor knows that by sending this guy back. By sending a pretty, a relatively hunky man back. Yeah. Yeah. And he is. I mean, Kyle, Michael Bean looks great here. Uh, So we start with a very realistic, realistic depiction of 2029 with uh, just broken skulls being crushed by the Amazon drones have taken over. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Really great future miniatures. I love this. Are they stuff all so miniatures? Because like the um, skulls, might... when they break, don't fracture in a way that looks miniature. If that makes sense. So it's we do see later a very similar tank tread on a modern piece of construction equipment. So that might be like the close up of the tank treads might be an actual tank tread full vehicle, size, yeah, crushing, yeah, you know, hopefully prop skulls. Uh, but you know, with Hollywood, you never know. Before, yeah. I also like the idea that it's just littered with skulls because, like, you don't die and immediately become a skeleton. So, like, you rot. That means that these bodies have been here for who knows how long, or like, was it an like a Bernie thing? It's not like um, Mars attacks where they the laser turns you into a skeleton that's red or green. I think they're trying to say that this is like the leftover from the nuclear bomb. Oh, okay. I like that. That it's that. Because later we see someone get shot with the laser, and don't they just disintegrate, essentially? No, she kind of collapses. Okay. I thought she, like, schlorps. She did. I didn't think she... She kind of, like, fell over and slumped, but it didn't feel like she, you know, evaporated. Okay. Okay. Um, So, anyway, we've got the, you know, the the tank treads, which becomes a classic... Uh, crushing a tank tread or something crushing a skull, which becomes a, a calling card of this franchise among a few other things we'll see here. Um, and we cut to a trash guy doing a, doing a pickup of a, of a trash bin. And I just love, this is one of those, like, you know, this is basically an extra. I, does he have, he might have a line. I, can't I think he has like a line, bin. like an exclamation. Yeah. yeah. A featured extra. And it, yeah. And it's, it's, it's all about, you know, the, the nonverbal character work of the guy's costume is really good. He's got this stogie that's like burned down to the very end that he's still gnawing on. And just the way he's chewing on this cigar and the way he's like operating this vehicle, you you, you get a sense of like exhaustion from this man, which like he has a hard physical labor job. I totally get that, but it's just good acting. Yeah. It's just nice to point out when you see it. Uh, and he, you know, runs for his life when he sees the shits going down, which I'm like, yeah, thank you. Don't go look at what like this bizarre orb of light electrical is. storm run the hell away. Yeah. I, that, that electrical it, storm orb it, thing, at least in the first two, I think they get weird. They get lame and dumb after that but in the first two will never not be cool oh they're so great it's like the coolest possible version of that science museum thing where you put your hands on it and makes your hair stand yeah that that's in every attic in movies for some reason yes yes the goonies have one inexplicably uh, it's also a classic. We've pointed it out before. Definitely in Terminator 2, but in many things, the whole like, oh, we have to blow a bunch of trash around the set, but nobody wants gross trash, which yeah. of course they don't. So it's just empty cups of newspapers. Yeah, shreds of newspaper. Uh-huh. Not a single banana peel among the bunch. No, not at all. And well, it can't be leaves because it's, it's L.A. Right, right. 
Uh, so Arnold arrives. God, he's uh, hot. Looking like a, yeah. I mean, this is the peak of Arnold, I feel like. Chiseled out of marble. Before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really ridiculously ripped here. Uh, and it's a bummer because this was like a special attraction back in the day. And now it's every single person in every single superhero. Yep. You can't, you can't be a superhero. And if you don't look better than this, it's not even the superheroes though. It's like JK Simmons got this rip to play commissioner Gordon. We've talked about this before. Was it JK Simmons? Everybody down. Yeah. Wasn't he J. Jonah Jameson? You said commissioner Gordon. Yeah. I, th- I think he's commissioner Gordon in the, in the in Batman. The, uh, yeah, the four-hour thing oh, that I've been watched. Yeah, I think I think I think I'm right. It does. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson got ripped to play somebody in one of these movies. I thought it was Commissioner Gordon. I don't care that much, so it's fine if I'm wrong. You can tell me on the internet. I mean, they did bring him back uh, as anyway. J. Jonah Jameson in Marvel, so maybe he. Yeah, which is good because that's perfect. I mean, he's so good. Truly, like, yeah, just impeccable. Um, we get Bill Paxton with a little gap. Yes, although is this real? Because I thought it looked like like the wax stuff I put on my teeth to be a pirate when I was a kid doing Halloween. It could be because that's an easy thing to do. Because I was like, I don't remember in weird science that he had a that big of a gap. Yeah, yeah. So unless he was like slowly, they didn't have Invisalign, so it would have to he would have to get things put on his teeth and then taken off and then put back on. So yeah, yeah. He probably had a slight gap that they were like, we're gonna we're gonna widen it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so he's the leader of this gang. And of you see punk Dong. Kids. Yeah, you really do. I was like, whoa. Track package. I this on. <laughs> I'm imagining you with the Terminator vision of just like. Terminator vision or opera glasses. <laughs> or the, the Predator heat vision. That's, that's like, it. Arnold is full green, but the dong is glowing red. <laughs> the like triangle, the three around. dots in a triangle are like frantically uh-huh. going around the screen. Yeah. Um, I watched this bad boy on DVD, so the the dong was in pretty low resolution. But I imagine in high def. I was streaming on Showtime because uh, I was like, yeah. oh, I bet I was like, I bet they're probably gonna remove it. And I was like, well, it's Showtime. They, I think I was like, those things can do more yeah and i was like yeah. i don't think they they didn't crank up the the light they didn't like brighten the image but they certainly didn't blur anything <laughs> they went in with like a little little flashlight on the on the film <laughs> negative they put like like brighten it up 10 percent yeah i was like wow that's how you know there there wasn't a member of the group uh the 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 gay community involved in the edit because that would it'd be like ah, the blue all of a sudden the he when he's walking in darkness and near the near the eight the the planetarium it gets weirdly light it's just but it's like specifically only on his penis like i can't i can't understand like what's happened like what choice did they make it's like it's it's a great looking film print and i don't have any criticism of this but it just is like an odd choice like a flashlight's on it or something i mean frankly i think it's a it's crazy that in 1984 they were like right james came writing this movie was like yeah and they have to be naked when they time travel and they're men who are hot and it's like yeah. What I was like? What twink were you bouncing ideas off of, <laughs> Jimmy? <laughs> or maybe it was just like I don't know if he was actually with Linda Hamilton at this point or not. But it's like not yet. Whoever his whoever whoever whatever 
women were involved in the production were like, they should be naked. What? Like they had just met Arnold. Like, oh, they should be naked. And Michael Beam walked in. They should definitely be naked. <laughs> yeah, the the woman who got writing credit, who allegedly didn't write anything, she was probably like, and oh, they're naked. Interesting. Write that down. Yeah. Write that down. I was I was watching that that video. Like I said, I watched one with Arnold, and I watched one with Cameron. Um, and Cameron was talking about casting Leonardo DiCaprio during Titanic, mm-hmm. and they. People were really telling him to bring this kid in. He didn't want to. He thought he was like. You know, Seems not, like every time people tell him to bring someone in and he's resistant, it ends up being the correct person to bring in. So yeah. maybe he should have yeah. more faith in the people he surrounds yeah. himself with. Yeah, I mean, you know, he did make the right choice in the end, right? So it's like sometimes you have to. Part of the creative process is like antagonistic, maybe I don't know, but yeah, it does seem like you should just listen to people. But um, it's a similar story to, and I think I've told this on the podcast before too, when they brought. James Franco into audition for Freaks and Geeks. Suddenly, like all of the women were in the room, like like every like whatever. <laughs> and Cam- the way Cameron was telling this story, he's like, I looked around. It's like, okay, the producer's here. That makes sense. She's part of this process. And then I'm like, why is the accountant here? Like we're we're casting the movie. She doesn't need to be. Why in is Craft Services right in here? <laughs> Yes, he said that's what it was like. He was like every single woman like tried to come into the room to watch the audition because it was Leo and he was the, such a hot person that they just wanted to see them with their own eyes. Yeah. He also mentioned like Arnold walking in and Arnold the initial I guess they had a meeting before an audition perhaps. Yeah, cuz he and, he didn't want Arnold for according to IMDb, he didn't want Arnold. He was cuz they wanted the studio wanted Arnold to play Kyle Reese, which like that is a yes. that's a bad idea. And so he yes. so James Cameron was like, I'm gonna meet with him, I'm gonna pick a fight with him, he's gonna fight me, and then I'll say, Hey, we we don't get along. And he was like, and then I was and then Arnold just kept talking about the Terminator and what his ideas for the Terminator, not Kyle Reese. And he was like, Okay, well. Yeah. Yeah, he said he had such interesting ideas for the movie in general and like was so interested in the movie and and when Arnold talked about it he was like I just really loved this script. Like I was so excited about the story that I wanted to talk about it and so I was just interested in the movie and they quickly bonded. It is cool, especially you know Arnold had at that point been doing a lot of the like meatheady kind of Conan, stuff. I think like yeah. Conan the Barbarian and things like that, but now it's like oh this is you're not just like obviously you're gonna be naked for a minute. Like we're gonna show you off, but like yeah. it's not you yeah. in a loincloth being oily. It's like you as a right. an action hero, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But also, it's it's interesting, and I have also said this before, so not to you know be up my own ass too much, but like this movie is a perfect way, perfect uh, marriage of an actor and director where. Both of them are like, here are the things that we think I think you are best at for this movie. And let's only use those things. Like, I don't want you to deliver a monologue because that doesn't make any sense. I don't want It's not. We don't want that. Yeah. Like, you're going to be imposing. We're going to shoot you from low angles. We're going to make you look like this, this absolute monster. And then you in your performance are just supposed to be a cold, emotionless, murderous robot. Mm hmm. There's also a really cool uh, little video. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger went to the premiere of what Halloween Ends. Was that what the most recent one was? Yeah, yeah. And like, uh, I think it was Halloween Ends because Jamie Lee Curtis was there too. And he like gave a little speech about, he was like, 
you always he's like it really annoys me that i always when people talk about like true lies they talk about supporting actress jamie lee curtis and he's like she certainly did not support that movie she was a key player and then jamie lee curtis was like yeah i wasn't gonna be on like the poster or like featured and then but arnold schwarzenegger was like you should you should put her up like she is important let's put her yes more you know let's feature her and i was like i never knew that about that little that little movie yeah, yeah, he spoke very highly of her in the when they talked about True Lies. So, so did Cameron actually. They both were like she rules. Like it was just they both they were they weren't being interviewed together, but they when they both talked about it, they were talking about how much she has to do in that movie and how she just kills all of it. Cuz she her role in that movie is really hard. Like mm-hmm. it's it's she a does very a lot performance. Yeah. And yeah. beyond and just like being in, an actor in, and like doing a lot of acting, it's like you have a lot of physical yeah. work to do. Yes, yes. Uh yeah. So uh, we'll never do a True Lies episode, but yeah, I, I, what, I, year, what I, year was that? 96. Oh yeah. No six. Uh, but the, the leap years are pretty locked good. in for a while and they're not too common. Yeah. <laughs> they're only every four years. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so Kyle Reese arrives. Um, I like that he falls make it as well. Yes. Like the Terminator he, he, is he like, gets... uh, just appears in his like, statue uh rodan sort of superhero pose yeah um and then kyle like drops like six feet five feet to the ground which i kind of like that it, it honestly seems like john connor shoved him into the portal on the other side but he had to get naked first so it's like what was it right was he like hey let's hit the showers buddy whoa you know, sometimes you like can't get your pants off your ankle right, and you start listing to the side. <laughs> yes, I imagine like that started to happen, and John Connor stepped on the pants and then just shoved him. <laughs> <laughs> so he just like fell through the portal. Do they say that like they? <laughs> he was like, "Don't wrap it up." <laughs> <laughs> no, give no it to her. Good. Sex. Boom. Boom. Did does Kyle say that like they fi- like clothes physically cannot go through like yes does it, because I was like how do they figure hey how did you figure that out did someone go yeah. through with clothes and then come back naked and be like what happened well you can't come back I so I think normally you can they exploded the oh. thing that's what he says he says they exploded oh. the thing. Right, 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 right. You're right, you're right. So I imagine theoretically yeah, I, there is a way to bring people back. I, I'm guessing that the the system is probably designed for Terminators, but they probably tested it using captured humans, and they probably sent someone through and then brought them back to have find them with, like, horrific third-degree burns all over their whole body, and they were like, oh, I guess the clothes burned off. Yeah. I mean, like, I get that the clothes thing, it makes sense. It's a way to sort of hand-wave why no one comes with weapons. Yeah, yeah. That you have it only organic matter or whatever, blah, 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 blah. It's kind of nice, but it's- which doesn't really work because the Terminator's skeleton is metal. It's because he says it's because it's wrapped in organic matter that that's, that's how it yeah. counts. It's, it fools the scanner. Like it's the TSA uh, and not, but like, the, I mean, Cyberdyne made the, I assume Skynet made the right. teleporter, the time teleporter. So like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe it's not fooling. Maybe it's just designed better for, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I don't care. I'm just, you know. And later, like, the T-1000 is explicitly trying to, like, 
get around that rule of like, okay, we can't bring weapons back. But what if he could turn his arms into blades or something? Mm-hmm. But nothing complicated. No complex machinery. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Bean is like on the run because cops are cops are. There Why do they chase? He, they like shine the flashlight in the alley as he like buckles his pants, and then they're like, "Hey, yeah. stop!" And it's like, "What?" Yeah. I think they chase him because he runs and it's like that mm. dumb logic of like, oh, well, if he wasn't, if he wasn't doing anything wrong, why'd he run away? I'll bite my tongue. Yeah. Hey, cab, uh, baby. Is, is, uh, but I love the <laughs> the little homeless, the, the little vignette with the homeless guy when the cop walks up and he's like, he stole my pants. But he was still wearing Cracked pants. That's what I was confused about. He had, he has like long johns on. Oh, Okay. So I he's like an old timey prospector. <laughs> yeah, he's now. he's drinking moonshine. He's got three teeth. One of them's gold. Yeah, he's got he's got that hat with like the the flat front with a with hole in sides. it sides. Mm-hmm. And then a butt flap. Exactly. Stuff. So Kyle goes into a uh, department store. Did you notice that the car that he like doesn't quite get run over by, but he does the runs slide into? I guess. Yeah, it looks a lot like Sam Raimi's car. Like the color is almost like I didn't catch that. Mm. Um, but he as he's like going like ducking, he's getting clothes and shoes as he's going to the department store. But for some reason, when he goes to take a jacket, he like reaches behind. He like doesn't take the one in the front. He takes the one behind the one in the front. And I was like, "What? Why?" Well, he's a he's well, he's a medium, and they're in order. <laughs> I mean, I guess. As he was running and crawling on the floor, he was like, oh, small, medium, large, extra large, 2XL, 3XL. Like, I'm the medium. I guess. <laughs> no, I'm just being silly. I, I also found that funny. But there's a there's a really, there's a couple of really great shots here. One, I love him, like, grabbing a pair of shoes out of the bin and then holding it up to the bottom of his foot and being like, okay, this fits. And then, like, immediately scurrying off. Mm-hmm. And then... The the follow-up to that is there's a photo booth in this department store, and we see him, like, put the Nike down and then do the strap across the top. It's just really great uh, angle on it. Just great shot. There's a lot of really interesting shot work in here. Yeah, you can tell this was a movie that Cameron had been obsessively making in his head for two, two decades. Well, not two decades, but ten years, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, he had just been over and over and over again making this movie in his head. Uh, and now we meet uh, girl next door, Sarah Connor, Jane, every woman, Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so weird to think that like, because it's not like it's a slow transition into the, the Sarah Connor we know. It's like T2, she's that. And she's that forever. Yes. It's so, it's so yeah. funny that like T1 is not that at all. No. And it's, I think, I think you couldn't have done this again in T2. It wouldn't make any sense. Oh no. But it's such a satisfying arc to watch in this movie. I have her going from like this sort of, uh, what's the phrase people use? Like shrieking Daisy, shrieking, shrinking violet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that she's like meek and timid and afraid of her own shadow. And by the end of the movie, she's, she's throwing out badass lines and crushing terminators with, you know, hydraulic presses and stuff. Yeah. I do. Think- but it's, 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 it feels earned to me. Sorry. It does. Let me cut you off. But I do think it's funny that like, Again, if you like stare at the movie too long, it's like, imagine that someone comes up to you and it's like, I'm from the future. I have to protect you because you're very important. And you're like, oh shit, do I like discover like a, a scientific formula? Like, am I a computer engineer? Like, do I create the thing that's going to destroy the robots? Like, like what, what, why am I so important? You have a baby. 
All right. Well, all right. I guess I set my gender back 50,000 years, but cool. 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 He, he does later add on that you trained him. Uh, Yes. But that is a good add on, but it's just funny to picture that. Like that would be my question when someone's like, you're so important. I have to protect you. And to be like, oh, I bet I do so. I I must be a brilliant scientist or something. He's like, nope, uh-huh. you are a baby machine. <laughs> I imagine her being like, oh, I guess these night classes do pay off. Like, <laughs> is valid. That correspondence course those, is really paying late off. Nights, all these skip dates. I'm like, really, you know, I'm I'm going back from this degree and I'm getting it done. Damn it, it all pays off. Oh no, just just the womb, <laughs> just the baby. Got it. Alrighty. I also like that she never asks how old John is. Which, like, right, I feel like might right. be my question. If you're from the future, like, how old's my kid? Because then she'd be like, wait a minute, you're from yeah, how far and, into and, the future, and my son's how in old? Hindsight, Kyle Reese probably could have done the math and figured out that he's John's father, right? Assuming John ever talked about his age, I guess. Well, but I'm saying, like, once he goes back and he realizes Sarah's not pregnant, he's like, wait a minute, John's conceived, like... But that's what I mean, maybe John never told him how old he was. Like, maybe that was... Oh, sure, sure, sure. Maybe he was cagey about that. Yeah, he would have to be, I guess. Uh, We also didn't say Michael Bean steals two guns from the cops with absolutely the, the smallest amount of effort. It's comically yeah. easy to steal these St- guns. Taking candy from a baby. Like, the first guy has his pistol out, and he just, like, overpowers him and takes it. And then the other cop leaves both doors of the car open with the shotgun unlocked in the middle of it. Par for the course, I guess. I also feel like Sarah Connor's intro really feels like a rom-com. She's like on her little scooter. It does. Like, I feel like she should be like carrying donuts for her coworkers or like uh-huh, stumble uh-huh. into someone and they spill their coffee. Yes. Instead, we get this montage of her at work where a little kid puts a whole scoop of ice cream in her. My apron. goddamn nightmare. Oh, shit. This is a little shit. I, and the parents are like, oh, Billy. I'm like, no, oh, Billy. This no. is demonic. You, yeah, you know what? You're going you're to reach in there with your hand, pull it out, and now you're going to eat it from your hand like an animal. <laughs> you think that's cute? And How good does it taste now, buddy? You've ruined this woman's day for no reason at all. Well, and the people, like, she's actively putting... Like putting trays, like f- plates down, and like figuring out who has what. And someone, some asshole's like, uh, "Miss, we're ready to order." Yeah, I am a little busy. <laughs> Deborah, yeah. take a breath. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is crazy. And but the other thing is, it doesn't seem like she brought the right food to the table. It doesn't. And I, she can't. definitely, <laughs> she definitely screwed up this order entirely. It's like, did, well, it's like, it's so bad. It's like, did you just bring the wrong food to the wrong table? She probably like, grabbed the wrong tray. The wrong plates. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, she's clearly not a very good diner waitress, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, I was only a server for, you know, nine, 10 months. I wasn't bad at it, but you know, I was also at a Red Robin. Right. Right. During the time of Terminator uh, Salvation? That's right. Genesis? You have a shirt. I have the shirt. It says we yeah. got it. We all got it for free, and they did not. They only sent extra larges, and so they were like, "We got one small, one medium, and a box of extra large." And I was like, "I think I'll take an extra large." 
<laughs> because when I think Terminator, I think juicy cheeseburgers I, and unlimited french fries. It was a spicy burger. Oh, yes. It, of course. It was spicy like nuclear war perhaps. Well, cuz then they each uh they they had a little wooden pick on it that had the the Terminator's eye. So each burger got oh, the Terminator okay. eye pick. Okay. I feel like if I had known that I would have had you get me one of those. Yeah. I think there, there might have been like uh, an uh, an olive situation like for the eye, but I I think I'm at, okay. I think I'm putting a hat on a hat. Okay. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Arnold is buying guns or acquiring guns, I should say, uh, from friend of the podcast, Dick, Dick Miller. Miller, buddy. Not long for this world, but uh, short shortest role of his we've ever covered by a country mile. Maybe his shortest role ever. It's under unless him. he was in 1941 and he in that roof That's scene. That's true. We don't know. That's true. Yes, is it 41 or 42? Dick Miller. I think the movie is 1941. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also he was uh, allegedly in that movie. Loved Arnold's jacket, the one he stole from the punks. It's like a gunmetal gray blue leathery thing, and on the back is like a giant yeah. triangle covered in studs, and then there's like stud patches on the elbowy parts. It's great. Impressive costume work all over this movie, honestly. For sure. Uh, so he he asks Dick Miller for about, I don't know, 40 guns here. And then he starts loading one of them. Dick Miller's like, you can't do that. Hey, hey. And then immediately he shoots him. And that's the end of Dick Miller. Yeah, he pulls it. He also pulls an Ariana Grande. And when Dick Miller says, uh, which one? Terminator says, I want them all. <laughs> also, this scene really highlights how Arnold Schwarzenegger looks like an upside down triangle because of how wide his shoulders are. Oh, like, for sure. So massive. When you see him next to Dick Miller, it's really highlights. It's like a more silly looking. You're the same species. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we're back at the diner, and this part has always been so strange to me. The friend is like gleefully grabbing Sarah and pulling her into the other room so that she can show her that a woman with the same name as her was really brutally murdered. Yeah, I mean, this is something I would definitely want to show my friend. I wouldn't be gleeful about it. But, like, if someone with your exact name gets killed, I'm like, you have to see this. This is crazy. Yes, that is exactly the tone. Not like, oh, my gosh, can you believe? Come look at this. You're never going to. You're going to love this. This is crazy. Oh, my God. Well, her friend's here. a crazy little girl. I guess. It's just like the newscaster's like a woman was brutally shot to death inside her own home in front of her children today. Uh, Arnold murdered one of the Sarah Connors. There's a lot of phone book action yeah, in this movie. Stalking would have been so easy. And it yeah. it's funny. So like as part of my job, I'm a medical scheduler. We ask, you know, what is your name, date of birth and address? Like we to verify. So people calling have to give us that information. And then, uh, one guy I asked, he was like an old man. He was like, I don't know why you bother asking that. Anyone can look up anyone's address. And like, normally I don't engage in nonsense like that. But I was like, yeah. I can't Google my address, sir. So I don't think it's that easy. And he was like, yeah, well, there's the white pages and the yellow pages. And I was like, I wanted to be like, when are you calling from? Yeah. What year is it, boy? But in the 80s, you could just rip uh, up, you can go up to any phone booth. If the page was still yeah. in there, boom, rip it out. Now it's yours. Now you know where someone lives. Yeah. I do feel like that is a thing in movies that would be 
pretty fucking rude in real life to just pull a page out of the phone book in the phone booth. Um, I'm going to imagine that that's the nicest thing that's ever happened in a phone booth. They're not that big. They're difficult to do anything other than just, you know, the bathroom bodily functions. Yeah. I mean, many of them were used as bathrooms. Yeah, for sure. So I think, I think ripping a page out of the book compared to using them as a bathroom. I'm not suggesting, I'm not suggesting that it is like I would rather be in one without a phone book than one that was pooped or peed in. I'm not a maniac. I'm just saying it's a common movie trip that they're just like, oh, and it's like that's an insane thing to do in the abstract, right? It's like a public phone book. Yeah, make the fo- make the phone company shell out a few bucks to get a new phone book, bleed them dry. Anyway, both Kyle and Arnold have pulled out the the C for Connor page of the book and have been trying to figure out which of the three Sarah Connors in Los Angeles. It's Los Angeles, right? I'm pretty sure it's Los Angeles. There's also only are, three, which seems weird for such a large city and a, a yeah. relatively common sounding name. Yeah, it's it is it does you do think you do feel like there'd be more, but also if there were more, it would just be more murders. So I feel like maybe Yeah, but I just mean like the name could have been a little more unique. Because then it would feel yeah. normal that there's only three. Because I'm like, Sarah Connor feels like there'd be a handful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. There was a John... I don't know if I ever talked about this. I took a computer class in college, and there was a John Connor in my class. Oh, nice. And I was like... I like The teacher said it during roll call, and my like head snapped up, and I was like... <laughs> Did you just walk around behind him going... <laughs> no, I was like, you better ace this class. I just have a feeling that you will need this computer class more than any of us. Um, so Kyle is sort of on the hunt. He steals, a, he goes to steal a car from a construction site. And this is a really one of the better or cooler edits of the movie. I don't know about better, but uh, the tank tread on this construction vehicle seamlessly becomes the tank tread that we saw earlier. With you like the blink crushing. and the trend. It's already transitioned. It's great. It's really good, yeah. And this becomes a sort of um, it's it is a dream sequence that is not like a. It's just Kyle having a memory flashback, basically. Flash forward. Yes, that is correct. Although for him, it's back. Yes, for him, it's back. For us, it's for it. <laughs> yes, it, time travel. It's a flash back forward. <laughs> it's a flash sideways. This this was happening then for him, but it will happen. Then for us, you see. But when will then be now? <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is when he and his his female colleague. I also are... like that human military technology has not like because it's twenty twenty nine, so it's forty plus yeah. years in the future. It's just very funny to me that human military technology has not advanced in forty five years. It is the same in the eight like. As they're fighting, you would think that the humans might have slightly more, like, futuristic-y-looking weaponry, but it's just, like, oh, normal-ass 1985, like, this is a this is a, a gat gun on top of a truck. It shoots lasers, though. Do theirs shoot lasers? Yeah. I thought theirs were shooting bullets and the, the Terminator, or the I Skynet. Think, I think there's a combination of bullets and lasers, but some of the, future, some of the soldiers have laser guns. Because mm. I'm like... Basically, everything Skynet put out is just like the military was just taking notes and like, well, this seems like we could work on that. Let's have a drone. Yeah. Yeah. They do use a classic like this. 
this exact scene is in Saving Private Ryan to disable a tank, which is like sneak up alongside it and put a bomb in its treads. Oh, okay. So it's like a, it's a, it's a, uh, I guess for them, hundred year old war technique. But <laughs> it's the same principle. Uh, so then we and, cut to uh, Sarah and Ginger getting ready for their night out, and Sarah. Probably the funniest sequence in the whole movie, which like brings a little levity. It's nice. Did you kind of forget that you're watching the Terminator for a minute? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Sarah picks up the phone and it's Ginger's boyfriend who comes in hot with phone sex. I cannot believe the boldness. Like, you know, she has a roommate. But also Sarah lets it go way too long. She clearly thinks this is hilarious, which I guess like I they cool, do seem but... like the three of them are close. You yeah. Know? They're definitely close. Like he kisses her on the cheek and it's like very friendly and warm. It's like they do seem to like each other, but and all be friends. But yeah, I couldn't believe he just he's just right into it. But the best part is she's like laughing, laughing, laughing. She finally gets the friend on the phone. She gives the friend the phone. And he after he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Sarah. He just starts the exact same thing. As, like, soon as, <laughs> as soon as she answers, yeah. he's like, I'm going to rip off your blouse button by button. It's like he had he spent the whole day coming up with this little script and get, god damn it he's going to read it. Mhm. And then we're quickly introduced to sassy ass Lieutenant Trexler. Yep. Who again black people in Terminator movies don't they get a kind of a raw deal and they're they genuinely this, very fascinating characters. Yeah, I like this guy a lot. Lance Henriksen is his sort of second in command also very good in this. But there's just something he Trexler, I keep saying Wexler. Trexler's like very sassy. Like everything he says is like a B. Yes. Arthur, like holding uh-huh. a cup of coffee moment. Yeah, there's he has like three really great small character moments. My favorite, or one of my favorites, is later when he takes a sip of the coffee and uh, it's all like you, you can tell it's awful. And I think Hendrickson says something like, "It's been cold for three hours." Like it was cold three hours ago and yeah. he just like kind of shrugs and keeps drinking it. And then the Hendrickson's like, I think I put a cigarette out in that one. <laughs> uh, and then we cut back to um, Sarah at trying getting ready to leave. She has a lizard, which like, if you're a smaller budget film, I think you can cut the lizard. I think this was 100% somebody on sets lizard and Cameron was like, just bring it in. But yeah, I, you will forget that Sarah Connor has a pet lizard because spoilers at the end of the movie, the pet lizard is not in the Jeep. So (laughs) I wish it was though. I wish it was like the dog that came from nowhere and a Jeep. Yes. There are two options. There are two options. One, she engineered some sort of lizard for dog trade with someone, which not impossible. <laughs> like, Weirder people get the exist. Right pet store. Yeah, well, it's like you get the right pet store and he's like, hey, I've been wanting a lizard. I give you this ugly ass golden retriever for it. You know, it's maybe that scru- unscrupulous pet store. Owner. Or two, the lizard was killed by Arnold in the home invasion and we just didn't see it. I hope not. That just seems because I'm like, what did he step on it? Did he squish it? Like. I assumed he shot it and it was grisly, but you never know. <laughs> oh, no. Because yeah. everybody else, he shoots really in grisly fashion. Sarah Connor is a lizard person, so. Yes. Yeah. You will forget that. It's like the two things about this movie that I had completely blanked out of my memory. because I The I lizard? I watched this. I, 
Yeah, the lizard did not remember the lizard. And also the whole sequence in the bunker that's coming up relatively soonish. I had just completely oh, yeah. forgot about that existing with like the whole Terminators as infiltrators thing had absolutely completely put that out of my memory. I think that's the scene that like runs a little long and doesn't super add too much. Yeah. It like shades in a few things, but I don't think it's all over necessary. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, also, the teasing of the hair in this scene is impeccable. Also, it's how did two servers at the same restaurant get off on a Friday? Like, <laughs> like what? Witchcraft was that? Although, was this a breakfast lunch type establishment? Like, is it possible that just not? I don't think so because their mascot is like holding two burgers. That feels you're right, that feels you're right, not a not a breakfast lunch place. It's it's Robert's large. Teenager instead of Bob's big boy. Large kid. Yes, it's Robert's large kid. You're right. It is probably open on a Friday night. It does seem like a miracle. Maybe they put this in way. This was a big double date, so maybe this was like a multiple weeks ahead request off. That's true. Sarah seems really upset, or the roommate seems really upset on Sarah's behalf when Sarah's date has called to cancel. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so she goes off on a little moped. Um, and uh, Kyle Reese follows her. And I was kind of like, well, how does he... We haven't seen him stalking her. So I guess he we're supposed to assume right. that he has been and knows she's Sarah Connor. Oh, well, I guess what happened is the Terminator started at the first Sarah Connor and, John, and Kyle Reese started the third Sarah Connor and it happened to be the third Sarah Connor. Oh, that's true. Uh, you know those like video game missions? They're like it's in one of these three places, and then it's always the third place you look. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got you. Uh, but the police are like, we've been trying to call Sarah Connor, and the last one that's alive, and it's her voicemail. It's one of those pr- like fake out prank voicemails, but they like mm-hmm. don't let it sit long enough to be no. real. Because the gr- the ginger's like, hi there. Haha, I fooled you. And I was like, whoa, I barely had time to say, hey, girl. Yeah, you, you got a little, leave a little longer beat. And so this is my other favorite thing with the cop. This sequence you're describing here. He asks Lance Hen- Henriksen for a cigarette and Lance Hen- Henriksen gives him a cigarette. And then he realizes he has a cigarette that he just lit. Like it's a completely but full cigarette. It's also fully like wrapped. Like it looks like Lance Henriksen's needs to have like cellophane taken off too. Oh, yeah. So he's kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. But sorry, I apologize for cutting you off. He comes up with the uh, Trexler comes up with the idea that like, well, if we can't call her, we'll make her call us. Which like, I feel like they could have been like, if your name is Sarah Connor, please call the yeah. police. Yes, yeah. They didn't do that because it. But it, it just seems like because he's like, we'll make her call us, and I'm like, instead, their 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 plan is just to like tell the tell hello the news the hello the media i will give them the slightest excuse because in the movie all of the media is, is there. in the lobby of this police station but i mean so like i will give them the tiniest pass because they said it they at least set it up i just mean like he just says hey they're both named sarah connor and that's what the news is and i'm like well no like if you want her to call you like you should probably say like if your name is sarah connor we can protect yeah. you I I do feel like he wants to split the difference of leading the news people to do that on their own without him saying it and like giving away that there are other Sarah Connors in 
case that's new information to this psycho. I mean, we see how easily phone books are obtained. So it feels like right, right. That's not crazy information. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Sarah sees this news report in a bar. Basically, she's at the bar from Gremlins or the bar from Halloween Three. Yeah, she is. Yes, and she gets freaked out and she leaves. And she, Kyle Reese, is following her. So she ducks into this like dance club, te- technoir. It's called. Yeah, yeah. And the the like the door person's like, hey, it's the admission's four fifty. Why the fuck is your door charge not an even bill amount? <laughs> Like because you, you are pre- prepping yourself for the phone. She can get changed. Like people can get changed anywhere. But like the idea that no, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the reason why this in this movie is what 100 percent because Sarah Connor immediately puts those two quarters in the phone. And then for like from a screenwriting perspective, it's like you're right. It's goofy. It stood out really weird to me. And then she takes the two quarters of the phone, and I was like, oh, actually, that's kind of clever because but she makes three not, phone I mean, calls. Yeah, at least. She calls the police, yeah, I mean, her friend, and the police. Well, the police is free. Oh, I guess it's 911, then yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the fact that she was like, it's 450. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It is $5 yeah, even. No, it is It is ludicrous. It is, yeah. Yeah. Because so you, you just, you, y'all decided to get a, like a roll of quarters? You got multiple she rolls does. of quarters? She has them on deck. You, you, yeah, she's like, here's your two quarters. Like, it's slight. It's like, like, she's done this a lot. That's dumb. That's bad. That's yeah. stupid. <laughs> I forget what I was doing. I was buying something with cash. Uh, it might have been when we were up at Knoebels for my bachelor party. But I, like, distinctly remember the person having, like, little change piles set up to just, like, distribute back the change. So mm-hmm. something must have had, you know, 50 cents like this. And I just remember thinking, like... Oh man, like I have not seen this in forever. Then here it is in Terminator. Yeah. Uh, so she calls her friend just after they are <laughs> brutally murdered by the Terminator. Yes. How did he get on their balcony? The Terminator? Yeah. He enters through their balcony. Maybe it's not a balcony. Maybe it's just the first. Floor. No, it is. I mean, I, okay. I mean, maybe I it is a first floor balcony, but like, because when he throws Ginger's boyfriend through the door, he goes onto like a little balcony area. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. I, Sarah comes out of a first floor thing, but it could just be an apartment building. So I, I just assume they're on the first floor, but you're right. Maybe they're not. Also, did you clock when Sarah's on the phone? There's this extra who is giving her staring like staring at her eyes so hard. And I was like. I was like, oh, this is going to be a character in the movie. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you need to tell this guy to chill out. He is being very noticeable for an extra. But I think it truly was like a dorky-ass dork who was three feet away from the very beautiful Linda Hamilton who was just like drooling. Was she she post-Beauty and the Beast at this point? That show always tricks me with its timing. I really don't remember. I I think she was... Not like super well established, but this was not like first role type thing. So yeah, maybe. Okay. Apparently, Leah Thompson also auditioned for this role. Yeah, would would not have been as good. Sorry. Well, it would. We I, I think this movie would have been fine. It would not have 
she would not have yeah. continued in the same way Linda Hamilton Lee did. Thompson and T2. No. Uh, also, so as Arnold's like about to murder the roommate, they just they finish having sex. the The roommate goes out to make herself a snack, and she she makes like this crazy. She makes a triple sandwich. decker sandwich with celery yeah. sticks and a glass of milk and peanut butter. And the celery sticks are the celery sticks are dipped in peanut butter too, but. So she gets the she pours this full glass of milk, and my wife goes, "A full glass of milk with a sandwich? Who's the villain in this movie?" <laughs> I had the same thought. I had the same yeah. thought. Yeah, uh, it was very very funny. Uh, so the boyfriend is like in his post coital haze, and she's like, "I want to make me a six thousand calorie sandwich." Well, she got it. She got to replenish. She just burned it. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, Arnold murders both of them. Mm-hmm. So the sandwich goes to waste. You know. The whole tray Maybe goes ass over eats... tea kettle. You know, it's really good that the uh, this happens, though, this way, because then the lizard has, like, several days worth of meals. Yeah, well, and the people. The sandwich. No, well, the sandwich, I would The sandwich, think. yes, but then a week or two after that, he's still going. Yes. Um. So Arnold hears Linda Hamilton on the voicemail say like, hey, I hi, roommate. I am at this exact address. Please come pick me up. Yes. I am scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How convenient. Uh, finally, Linda Hamilton then gets through to the police and they're like, hey, I know where you are. We'll send a squad car in a minute. And then Arnold immediately walks in the front door of the club. And I was like, what? where in relation? I yeah. thought this was a farther place. Yeah, this this movie's version of Los Angeles has a suspiciously low amount of traffic, which I'm not an expert on Los Angeles, but I know is a big problem there. Uh, so the, it's his, it's the club. I also really like that he's like powering his way into the club. You hear off camera the the woman in the booth with the quarters being like, "Hey, that guy didn't pay!" And the bouncer approaches Arnold and puts his hand on his, on his shoulder, and Arnold just like without even slowing down, just reaches back and just you can hear him crush all the bones in the guy's hand. It just like it doesn't it's even great. turn his head to do it. Yeah. Um. So it's crazy because the two men pull out guns in the middle of the mm-hmm. dance floor, and no one responds until they're fired, and it's like. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm a queer person. But if I see a well, gun in a club. Me too. Yeah. I, I, I'm hitting the. I'm run, uh, Something's happening. I don't yeah. wait to yeah. hear the I, gunshot. Right. Yeah. It, it These. I will say it's like. These scenes become harder to watch. Yep. Over the years. I absolutely and, and, do. Yeah. And it's like. The part where Bean and Schwarzenegger are shooting each other is fine and great, and then they just like start meleeing bystanders, and it's like, oh, this movie got a lot more real than I wanted it to be, you know this this thing. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it is that is the that is the issue with some action movies from the eighties and nineties where it's like I just want to like escape a bit, and then it's like, oh no, this one's way too real. Well, it, it's because in the eighties they were like, can you imagine? Like, yeah, could you exactly. imagine this happening? Wow, we got to put yeah, that in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's a crazy yeah, one. I've, I felt the same way about T2 with the big shootout in the mall. It's just like, oh, man, this is hard to watch. Were they? But they were backstage. Not were whatever. They're you... backstage. They're backstage for most of it, but not all of it, if I remember correctly. I think, yeah, I think it's... They go... They go it they starts go backstage. backstage and then go through stores. And then yeah. through the store and they escape because then... The T-1000 finds, like, the silver mannequin. He's like, I'll save you. 
I'll yeah, come back for you. It went, I, I was going to say, there's definitely a point where he looks at a mannequin, and then there's another point where the T-1000 goes through a gla- plate glass window into the, like, walkway. I think that's the, the end of the fight, because then the guy starts, yeah. the tourist starts, like, taking pictures or filming or something. You're right, yes. They do kill one bystander in the mall, though. The poor man just walking by that's with right. his coffee. That's right. Just gets that's right. yeah. destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He's in the he's in the back. Yeah, he's like walking with his coffee, and then as they're walking through, as he's like walking through the melee. The difference is that one is like really absurd, and I was I remember in the yeah. other podcast being like, "That's my dream extra role." Yeah, <laughs> it's like forty squibs, forty squibs, no name, just happens to be walking by with a cup of coffee. Yeah, I would be fine if it had a name. It'd be fine if it was like, "Have a good night, Jerry," and I got to be like, "Good night," and then I got forty <laughs> squibs. Well, then they got to pay you more. I, I think. Yeah, I know that's the dream. You get paid more, and you get forty squibs. Um. Kyle Reese says, come with me if you want to live this time. Yes. Which is uh, you know, classic franchise line they bring forward. Mm-hmm. It's even in the uh, 3D Universal thing, if I recall correctly. I'm pretty sure, because uh, Arnold co- drives his bike on stage. Mm-hmm. I think he mm-hmm. says it to John, and then he jumps on, and they go into the screen. Yeah. Right? They go into the screen? Yes, they do. I think it might be like a come with me if you want to save the day or something cutesy kind of twist on it, but it is the same gist. Yeah. yeah. Um, Reese is yelling. It's it's really a perfect action movie line. Like, you know, we I talked before about like Cameron scripts can be a little utilitarian and stuff. Come with me if you want to live is clear. Among the best. Yeah. Yeah. And awesome. Like, it's one of the best action movie lines in history. Yeah. So Reese is doing some classic movie jerky driving where he's just wiggling his hands yes. back and forth. Yes. This time yes. while yelling nonsense at Linda Hamilton. <laughs> you birthed the savior. What? <laughs> you birthed the savior. I got to keep you safe. Then she says, I'm not I pregnant. Do, he looks is... down the barrel of the camera like, oh boy. <laughs> he makes gym face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and looks at his junk. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, I also think it's funny here that he doesn't even like, like, this is more of the character arc thing we're talking about. Like, at this point, he doesn't even bother handing Linda Hamilton a gun and being like, shoot at the Terminator. Because he's like, it's a waste of time. So he's like, you drive. And then he's like, sitting on the the, the, the window sill and shooting over the top. Yeah. Um, he sets, he blows a car up and then Arnold goes, like, walks through it. <clears throat> and from then on, he has no eyebrows. Yes. Which is a really nice touch. Awesome. I didn't notice that before. Yeah. Yeah. It makes him look very alien and, and freaky. He looks like a daywalking drag queen. Yeah. He does kind of look like a drag queen. Do you think Arnold shaved his eyebrows? Or is Absolutely not. Prosthetics? It takes a, yeah. they, they take a lot longer to grow back than you realize they will. So Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and so, and they look weird while they grow back. Like if they don't, <laughs> okay. you don't just wake up with a new set of brows. Like, no, I, I'm not a fucking idiot. No, but I mean, like, Jesus. people, like, you don't think about it. I didn't think it would be like, all right, oh, my eyebrows are back. Yay. Like, people, but I mean, people don't think about, like, does the way your facial hair grows in, it looks weird and patchy. Yeah, yeah. Plus, with how much other special effects were in the movie, I'm sure they're like, we'll just block them. Yeah, yeah. Or they might have put, like, a it does a piece over his brow. Yeah, I was going to say, it does seem like a forehead appliance. 
But I but then on the flip side, the the chin scar that Reese has looks terrible. I don't it's know if maybe the DVD other- didn't look that bad, but I was like, this literally looks like a licking stick from Spirit Halloween. He has a bunch of other scars on his body that look okay, and I did think this one stood out in a way that was was not great. Yeah, the the edges are like a significantly different color than his real skin. Oh, really? It, it is. It doesn't. It does not. Pop throw throw on the uh, the HD one on Showtime, and it is like, okay. oh oh okay. I I made a conscious choice where I was like, I could get Showtime because I was gonna. Uh, there was a sale on Showtime right now that I was taking advantage of anyway, and I was like, could watch it on Showtime. Been trying to make a concerted effort to watch my disc collection more, and I was like, I feel like this movie is gonna be more enjoyable to me if it if I can't see all the seams. And I I think watching it on DVD it still looked good, like it was upscaled and stuff. It wasn't perfect, but I do think some of this stuff you just it just loses it in in high def for me. I can see that. Also, this is where Especially, I realized, like how 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 did the flying miniatures look for you? I thought it looked great. Okay, I thought because that would be the part that I would think would age is the most poorly. No, I thought the um, the like the stop motion and the future sequences. I thought they looked really good. It was okay, the like cool. close up stuff of like makeup that I was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I saw. I realized that uh, war games could be part of Terminator canon. Oh really? Don't you don't you feel like like in spirit like. Oh, okay. Like, cause that I thought there was like something that I thought there was like an intrinsically it's, linked war game. It's basically, I, I mean, NORAD is basically term is basically Skynet, but it's defeated by Matthew yeah, Broderick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because he was gonna, it was gonna destroy the whole world. Right. He does like a Captain Kirk to it, right? The only way to play, the only way to win is not to play. Right. But I feel like basically like in my head canon the norad did that and then was like well wait a minute and then kept thinking for the next you know 30 years and was like i'm gonna build a better robot (laughs) and then john connor also explains that he was like yeah we were rounded up so that they could kill us easier but then some of us were um kept alive to be to be like body shovelers and i was like you know what would be a better body shoveler a machine designed to shovel to shovel bodies. Yeah. Like why why are any why would you keep any humans alive? I do think there are probably some tasks for which human slaves are probably a help. Like before you can build the robot, you gotta see what the problem is that the robot's solving, and I think that's what they use them for. Maybe but the, Kyle Reese makes it sound like they're like hard laborers. And it's like just get yeah. a robot to yeah. do that, buddy. Yeah, no, it does seem... Maybe the robots are like, I am tired. I don't want to waste my oil on that. Well, that was my other question. Does the... Maybe there's a bunch of hedonism bots inside Skype. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, oh, get the humans to do the shoveling today. I'm tired. Or it's like that really sad art piece about the robot with the oil. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think I do. It like... Maybe I'm like a full-on art weirdo, but like it's mm-hmm. it genuinely makes me sad. It's this robot. It's like a robot arm with a squeegee, and it looks like a like mm-hmm. a like a factory robot arm, so it like pivots all around and can like reach out mm-hmm. with a squeegee on the end. And the oil that powers it is is just running out. The, like there's holes all in the bottom, 
and it's mm. pooling all around it. And so it is desperately trying to scrape the oil as back into oh, itself. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Because it it knows is, that if it, it stops that, it will just, it will die. Yeah. And so there's like, yeah, yeah. obviously it's a machine. And so it's, it doesn't actually yeah. have emotion, but the way it moves yeah. and because you know the story, you're like, you look sad and my heart yeah. breaks for you. No, I get that. I totally understand that. I mean, look, you're talking to somebody who like stood in front of the Mars rover, not even the one that went to Mars, because obviously that didn't come back, but like the Earth one that we did all the testing with that we didn't send to Mars. I just like stood in front of that and had a little bit of a cry. It was fine. Like, I get it. I, you're allowed to assign emotions to robots. It's yeah. fine. Well, then, uh, then I found out during COVID, the robot died. It ran out of oil. Wait, I thought you're... <laughs> oh, the... Okay. So I the thought scrapey you were talking robot. about like a paint. Yeah, I thought I I don't think I've seen a video of this. I thought it was like a staged photo, but you're saying it's a video. No, it is a real it is a real like actually moving just, robot. It, they actually let it run out of oil and yeah. die. They just let it die. Wow, that's sad. Yeah, I think it was during COVID and so like the art I, I think I'm guessing the museum I think the museum just says like hey, no one's in here so we can't just keep replenishing this oil. But like it died. <laughs> And it was sad. But if you can look up videos, I don't know what it's called, but if you look up like dying robot sculpture, I'm sure it'll, okay. I'm sure the video will come up. There's a very like Jackie O quality to this robot. I'm not, I'm not making fun of you. No, it's I know, like, but I, I, I just told for the you list- I cried in front of a different robot. I mean, for the listeners at home, I was just okay. giving a little more context. <laughs> it's like, you don't need to defend yourself this hard. I understand. So I don't remember how we got there. Oh, we were talking about how they should have just killed all the humans. They crash, they trick the Terminator into crashing its car into a wall, and then the police mm-hmm. finally show up. And rather than, like, they pull her Sarah Connor out of the car and they're going to, like, put the cuffs on her. And I'm like, hey, hey, girl, why don't you say, my name's Sarah Connor, and y'all were supposed to have been protecting me an hour yes. ago. Yes, yes. Uh, I also want to say... So at the during the car chase, we see for the first time that the Arnold robot can mimic voices because we see him like pick up the like there's a call in the police scanner that's like in pursuit of da 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 and he picks it up and he's like I'm on it but in the voice of the man yeah. who he just murdered and I was thinking to myself like man like one that's not like a huge leap for you to be like okay like I've seen this robot do a bunch of stuff it having a voice emulator is like pretty low on the list yeah but also. Just if a movie is cool enough and good enough, you don't care about any of that shit. But also, like, if you were going to build a, a a Terminator, that seems like an easy thing to throw in there. No, it totally does. But I'm saying it's like there's not a belabored scene in which we, like, see the guy program this. Like, oh, we yeah, no, we have no idea that Arnold's character can do this. And then suddenly it can do this. And it doesn't, like, throw you off. It doesn't come out. It doesn't, like, ruin the movie or it doesn't feel weird. And I think it's like you're so invested. Or maybe you're not if you're not a fan of this. But like at this point, you're so invested. In, and it, it isn't a huge leap in logic. Like, it's just a small jump that you're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, of course it can do that. Like, it's a robot that can do all this other shit. Of course, it can mimic a voice. Yeah. Then they tried to pull that shit in Scream 3 or 2. One of the screams was like, there's a near-perfect voice emulator box that works from two feet away. Well, that's in all the screams. No. So in the first one, it's just like, it's the it turns your voice into Mojo Jojo's voice. That's just mm-hmm. the normal one. In the third one, it's like, it can be any voice. 
and it can fool you oh, standing in the same room yes. as you. And it's like, yes, well, hang on, yes, that's yes, not yes. how those work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was like, no, we definitely see Matthew Lillard do the voice box in front of Sydney. Okay. Yeah, because they said one box. It was one voice. Yeah. So Kyle gives Sarah Connor like a one minute explainer of what's going on. And it's just like exactly enough that even for the audience, for both Sarah and the audience is like, okay, yeah, I got it. Um, And then Dr. Goddamn Silverman shows up. Dr. Goddamn Silverman. I was like, get out of here. Like, I do really like in Kyle's interrogation that he doesn't, he doesn't have like there's no like it's post-war and it's this insane future there is no history book there is no like lesson there's no no one knows the whole story and so kyle has scraps of the story and that's all he'll ever know and it's it's just good like a lot of times even in futuristic sci-fi like apocalyptic sci-fi someone has this like treasure trove of information explaining like every possible thing that happened and went wrong and went sideways. And it's just like, no, they don't, they don't, they they don't don't know that. But also I like that. It's like, if you went back in time to like cowboy times and you were like, well, it's a car. You can, you can, it's faster than a horse and you don't have to be on a track. And they're like, well, how does it work? You're like, I don't, I don't actually know. I right, right. I know it works when I put stuff in it and I turn the key, but like <laughs> I can't tell you how it works because right, asshole Silverman's like, oh, and how does the uh, how does the time travel work? And he's like, I don't know. Like I didn't build yeah. it, dipshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He gets so angry with this guy at the dumb questions. It was like Kyle knows that this guy is not believing him. It seems like, and he's just like. Of course I don't know that. I'm a fucking grunt. I'm not the lead of the science extraction unit. What are you talking about? Yeah. My job is to bone that woman and create the leader of the future. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, we stand a composite shot and a practical effect because we cut to the Terminator doing surgery on himself to mm-hmm. take off his... Uh, damaged parts. Mm-hmm. Really great stuff. Um, it's like the hero patching himself up scene, except it's the bad guy and he's a robot. It's like a way cool twist on something familiar. I think it would be interesting. I don't know if it would be better, but I think an interesting twist on this would be if like, because the Terminator has blood, if it could control that, like all the blood goes back into like the heart vessel that they created. So that mm-hmm. when he's like carving into his skin, it looks just like human flesh with no blood in it. Oh, that would be interesting. If he could like turn off the pump. If he's, yeah, he like hits the bump and you hear it like, and then as he's like yeah. slicing into his body, it's just like normal human flesh with no blood under it, which I think yeah, would be yeah, kind yeah. of a go unsettling visual. Yeah, it would. It would. It would look like the Terminator 2 toy you sent me where you put like flesh on the Terminator. Yeah, you put a skeleton in a, in a case and you squirt some goop yeah. into it. I bet you have to bake that. I bet it's like a creepy crawler situation. No, no, I watched a video. It's it's more Play-Doh like. Oh, so it's like a, a like a runny Play-Doh that solidifies. Yeah, it peels right off. Hmm. Um. Because then he pops out his eyeball. Yes. And we get this like they use it a lot, and I gotta like I as much as I love practical effects, I hate the Arnold mask that they created. I hate yeah. it. Can't, I don't know if I saw this 
where I saw this, but there was people talking about like this scene is like eight frames too long. Like it just is yeah. a little too long and then you can tell it's fake. And it's like if you just trimmed that a little bit, it'd be better. But they, they use this mask a lot throughout the rest of the movie. And it's like mm-hmm. I it's I hate it. Like it makes my bones yeah. hurt. I can't figure it out too, because like why didn't you just scan like why didn't you just do a, a mask mold of Arnold's face? So I think they did it because you it's the problem you ha- they had with um Two Face in Dark Knight. Dark Knight, regular Dark Knight, that like makeup is inherently going to be building up on the hum- on a person's mm-hmm. skin. So if someone's burned or like scraped out of, it's hard to do that with makeup because mm-hmm. you can build up where it's not, but then it's still. So the idea mm-hmm. I think that they went with is they made the full mask so that way they could carve out the eye and it would look sunken into his face and they could rip off yeah. his cheek and stuff. The downside is that he looks like a broken animatronic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's not, I mean, the makeup just isn't as good, but you're right. That that does is a logical answer, the, the building up thing. Yeah. Also, uh, Dr. Silverman gets an enormous upgrade between movies because in the second movie, he is the head of a whole ass psychiatric S- hospital. Like, is it a hospital or is it like a prison thing? that uh, yes that yeah oh also real quick before we jump forward the terminator can cry it's weird like why does Mm -hmm. the terminator have to be able to cry that's creepy for assimilation purposes and so in the sequel he can say i know now why you cry but he can't cry in the sequel that's what he could cry in this one yeah i maybe he was just leaking fluids i don't know um but yeah you're right silverman does get an upgrade to go back to where we were I just remember that he cried and I was like, hang on, I want to. Yeah, it is. It is interesting because he cannot, he explicitly cannot cry in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Arnold gears up with a billion guns well, I, after doing his self-surgery. I also love that <laughs> Trexler is like, this is a, this is body armor. Go ahead. Hold, feel how heavy it is. I'm sure the guy was wearing this when he got shot. And I was like, oh, they're going to have her wear it so that. If something I happens, literally said the same thing is like, if it'll make you feel better, you can wear this one while you're here. Uh, no, he's like, well, take it away. And I'm like, what? Well, I'd be like, hey, can I put that on? And do you have it in pants and sleeves? I was ex- I was expecting later her to like put that on during the shootout. And then she does it. And I was like, what a weird scene. Or get like a fake out where like she gets shot and then re- like rips her shirt to reveal that she's got that on underneath yeah. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, so classic, you know, the, the scene everyone remembers of this movie is I, I and I have a story to tell here from the, the interview. So I, I'm, I'm going to take this one. Sorry. So he, he comes into this. It's a great scene. And it was really fun to watch it with my wife's never seen this movie before. She'd never seen any Terminators. She watched T2 with me for the other podcast episode. And she's like, yeah, I enjoyed that. I'll, I'll watch that one, too. Um, and it was like, this Which is one of she like more. Uh, this one. Really? And, uh yeah, uh, spoilers. I might too. We'll talk really? about it. Really? Yeah. Um, so it's so much fun to watch these like iconic moments with someone who's never seen it before. When you get the opportunity to do that, I highly recommend it. Uh, and uh, so it's like you know the guy tells him like you can wait, and he says I'll be back, and he comes in, drives the car through, and great dummy of this guy. The guy becomes a dummy and just gets absolutely yeah. smooshed against the wall. Um, 
but what I thought was really interesting watching it was, or in, in the video, they were talking about this. And so apparently there was a big fight between Arnold and Cameron over this because he couldn't Arnold say I'll like, no, it wasn't. It couldn't say it. He thought it was wrong. He was like, it's not, that's not what I, that's not what a robot would say. It's not grammatically correct. And Cameron said, well, what would you say? And he says, I will be back. And Cameron said, no. And he's like, well, that's what a robot I say. And Cameron, he said the argument ended with Cameron saying, I'll tell you what, you don't tell me how to write and I'll continue not telling you how to act. Shady. <laughs> Shade. <coughs> I thought it was great. Well, I also I also had heard I think that I might he, have added continue in there. I might have just been I'll tell you I'll t- I won't tell you how to act. But either way, it's very good. I I, I thought on Wikipedia on uh, IMDb I heard that Arnold had trouble saying "I'll" with his accent. That's possible, but the way he told the story was that they had a fight over it, and then because it was Arn. I mean, I don't know why Arnold would tell the story where it, like he is like he lost the argument and i guess it's just a good story but yeah like you would think camera would have told the story if it was you know the so i don't know who knows what's right we also don't know where arnold got the leather jacket from he's now wearing the iconic black leather and i was like wait a minute is the is the guy he walks is he already wearing it when he walks past the dude in the hallway there's a scene oh you know what building and i can't and i i didn't think about this until literally right now so i didn't like you said that and I made me wonder, but there is like a little interaction in the hallway where a guy says something to him. And I wonder if he had the leather jacket on, although he was a much smaller man, yeah. maybe that's where it came from, but he could also be wearing it already then. I mean, the answer is because it looks cool, but they do. It, it is surprising. They don't show it. Yeah. yeah. Also, I feel like Terminator one Terminator vision seems kind of useless. Like it doesn't really go through walls. It doesn't really identify people. It's just like, yeah. Running DOS constantly. I'm guessing I'm guessing that's just a limitation of the technology of the time. Probably. Like they couldn't make it look cooler. Yeah. Also, if I'm Sarah Connor during, and I, I'm in a police station because other Sarah Connors have been murdered and I hear a car crash and a lot of shootout, I'm going out mm-hmm. the window. Yeah. I'm going out the goddamn window. Yeah, she hides under a desk, which really just doesn't seem to offer much help here. No. Uh, and it, it is, it, it like, he does massacre a whole precinct. I think, like, 30 people die on screen in this yep. sequence, maybe. Uh, including our beloved lieutenant. Lieutenant? Trexler, yeah. Very bummed. Yeah. yeah. And Lance Henriksen, who, who does a very Lance Henriksen death. Uh, speaking of Lance Hendrickson, did I talk about how incredibly good the movie Stone Cold is? No, is it the Steve Austin biopic? No, no, it's a uh, action movie from 1991, so it's it's almost certainly going to come up on this podcast again. But the lead of it is Brian Bosworth, who was a uh, star college football player who then was kind of washed out of the NFL due to some injuries. Hmm. And he, they like tried to make him an action star, but this movie is like just such a, it's definitely going to be on the podcast. Now I'm saying it out loud. It's probably a podcast episode next year, just so I can watch, like rewatch it and you can enjoy <laughs> it as well. Um, but Lance Hendrickson plays the bad guy in that. And he is like just truly off his rocker unhinged in it. It's great. I like that. Uh, anyway, uh, Masker's whole precinct. There's a great scene where the I think Trexler is like, "Hey, watch that guy." Referring no, to it's Henriksen. 
Is it Henriksen? Okay. And then the other cop like shuts the door and in the half second between watch that guy escaping his lips and the door shutting, Kyle bodies him into the door, somehow knocking him unconscious as if he's like doing the Vulcan nerve pinch. And then he unlocks his handcuffs. No, I mean, in a movie, if you get hit, you get knocked out and knocking you out doesn't do anything bad to your brain. Right, right. It's just, it's it's like there's not even a scuffle. It's just like he body checks him into the door and he's unconscious. Uh, uh, so he gets to, to Linda and, and to the rescue here. They escape. Uh, they go on. They find a little underpass. They, they We have the beauty nurses, the beast scene where she gives, she field dresses his wounds. He gives her, like, that's a great field dressing. And it's like a genuine, he, that to me, to him, to my read, it seems like that's the best compliment he's ever given anyone. It is. Also, I always thought field dressing, like when you field dress a deer, you like, isn't like, isn't that like skinning it? Uh, yeah, I think the the phrase means both things. Okay. I was always, I was always sticks in my head because uh, there was one time I, uh, in college, I was walking to my friend's apartment, my best friend's apartment. It's like a two minute walk. It's a short little, like I've just cut mm-hmm. down like this sort of, I don't want to say alley because it was like a mm-hmm. more like grassy area, mm-hmm. but it was like 11 o'clock at night or whatever because it was college and that's when I was going over to her house. And I remember walking. And like t- turning my head a little bit, and there was a whole deer strung up and like open. Jesus! And I was like, "Holy!" Is this near Halloween? No. Is was a really terrifying? Yes, it was because I went to Westchester University. I didn't. I wasn't right, in like Bumblefuck, like throw a dart, Pennsylvania, York, PA. Yeah. I was like, "This is like a, a city. This is a small town. Like, yeah, in the crazy. town." I never saw anything like that That's again, crazy. but it was crazy. That is really wild. Uh, so this is where we uh, get so to we the... Huddle, we huddle for warmth and we have time to connect. It's mm-hmm. important that that happens so that they can have sex in a little bit. I mean, that's not really important to to 80s movies because they can just do it and people will be like, yeah. all right, that's not, that looks reasonable I, to I, me. You are going to make fun of me, but I think it's pretty earned in this movie. I mean, it's definitely more earned than the other movies we've seen. Yeah, I think I think it's like you know, like they're first of all the two of them have pretty good connection. Like they the do. actors must have in real life had the good connection, and I I don't know. I I was like, yeah, I get it. Like I see it. I see what's going on here. Like it's a high stress situation, blowing off some steam. Like it all makes sense to me. Yeah, uh, but this is where we cut to the future, uh, mm-hmm. to show for Kyle to like explain you know what's going on. They have a clear system in place to, like, keep Terminators out of their, like, secret, like, mole people tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, we there's the dog thing introduced. The dog thing. Uh, there's two kids, Terminators. Had, like, looking at a small old TV, and I was like, that's kind of weird. And then the camera flips to the other side, and it's just, a, they're, they're watching a fire that's set in the hollow mm-hmm. TV. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. so cool looking. Yeah, yeah, it's a great shot. This whole bunker is really cooling. And, and like I said, I, I, I totally forgot about this sequence, but I think it's just supposed to show how like, cause I think one of the big questions, like who broke protocol, movie, who fucked up? Well, no, well, yeah, I mean, yes, certainly a good question, but I think something that people would ask about this movie would be, so wait, why does Skynet bother making terminators that look like people? Like that's not just like a one-off thing. Yeah. It takes R and D. 
It's like, what's the point of it? And then them showing them how they use them in the future, I thought made a lot of sense. Of That's like, true. Oh, I didn't think about that. They're they're using them in the future as well, not just for these back time travel missions, which like nobody would have cared about, but it does feel like it's filling in that gap. That's true. I shouldn't say no one would have cared about it. People on the internet would have cared about it a lot. Eventually. They, don't, they didn't know that then, though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we go to the Tiki Motel, and uh, Lin- Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor, uh, calls her mom. Well, also, Reese is like, we need, a, we need a room with a kitchen. And I was like, why? I'm going to make a bouffe bourguignon before I seduce you. <laughs> We're going to have a nice bottle of red. I'm making a pot roast. Uh, so Sarah calls what she thinks is her mom. And I love that. We don't see the dead mom. We just see Arnold listening and the house is destroyed. No. So no, we start at the destroyed door and then we just, no, no, it's not even, we don't even start there. We started like a fireplace and the camera, like a slow pan unbroken shot. We see the door with the gunshot in it and we see the disheveled cabin and you're just like, Oh no, Mrs. Hamilton. (laughs) Mama Connor's dead. And then uh, we find out Reese wanted a kitchen so that he could make pipe bombs. Yes. Plastique in particular. Uh, So I love this scene where he's like, here, put the cap on. And then he's like, oh, wait, be careful with it. Like, don't handle it like that. It'll blow up. And it's like, well, then why did you ask her to do it? Yeah. Oh, this is where does the Terminator need to like recharge? That that was why I talked about the oil earlier. Like, is it? need do they need to like rejuice or like swap their battery or like is there a battery it, a, so, a energy source it doesn't seem like he does but he also seems to be charging in this scene i think there's a throwaway line in t2 explaining how their pa- power works it's like a mini nuclear reactor or something it's not it's not T2. It's in it's in the Mackenzie Davis one. Mm, okay. That's how they explain that they have they're basically like their energy core is like a small nuclear reactor that runs forever. Okay. Cuz they explode I it. I thought I thought there was a line about the power in T2, but maybe I'm There could have been. Out. They just physically show it in that Mackenzie Davis one. Gotcha. And I also like Kyle Reese is like giving her shit about handling the bombs poorly. And then when they have their little mini fight, he starts just slamming them into this double bag. And I'm like, all right, pal, do they need to be handled with care or, or not? not? Because it's, it seems like you are not handling these with care. And that, of course, leads to them uh, taking a trip to Bone Town. Yeah, it's a, a good old fashioned, weird 80s boning to the soft instrumental version of the theme song. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is weird that it's like a the lullaby, the, opposite, the baby's lullaby yes, version. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they like you know, it's a, it's a pretty good scene. They they seem like they have a good chemistry. It's they not do. too yucky. It's not like uh, Halloween three with, like obsessive breast looking. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like it seems like a scene with like two adults who have some passion toward each other. It's nice to see, honestly. You don't see this anymore. Yeah. Uh, then they, they finish boning, and they hear a dog bark, which makes them go, well, that's probably Terminator. Jump out the window. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, turns out to be right. And then we get the uh, video game driving level sequence of the movie. The second one. Kyle already did one earlier when he was evading the cops, and he's like, because there's like, 
strategically placed dumpsters on alternating sides of the of the alley, and he has to like zip in between them. This one feels more video game to me, just because it's like, okay, you drive, I'll do the bombs. Uh huh. And player, if you have a two player game, they can each do uh-huh. something. Uh huh. I wonder why they've never done a um like a cabinet game like that. Where the the oh, two players the like like there's a player who sits in front with a with a steering wheel and a player stands behind them with like with a little gun turret or something. Yeah, that does seem like it would be hugely popular. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I guess theoretically being the driver is the less fun job of the two. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a little brother position i think it would i think it would be much cooler with a vr helmet so that the 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 uh yes passenger could go 360 i agree that would be cool but yeah the driver is the little brother position that's the luigi yeah yeah or the princess peach in my case yeah uh so there's a huge crash it looks incredible it's so good incredible incredible yeah there's cameron is better than everyone at this this Mm -hmm. is his thing he's like i know how to make real things explode and film them beautifully um uh schwarzenegger gets hit by a semi truck and dragged underneath it and like yeah he doesn't i don't think i don't think he looks bad enough no, he should have way more road rash. Like it should be his all clothes should be more rippy and stuff. But it, like yeah. it's just his face a little bit. Yeah, it's like I know he's wearing a leather jacket, but there are limits. <laughs> yes. Also, it's like the pipe bomb fuses. Yeah, are incredibly fast until they need yes. tension. Yes, of course. Literally, he lights it, and you like watch it. It like goes really fast down the thing, and yeah. then. He like burns off almost all the pipe bombs at first, and it's like, well, buddy, come like be a little prudent. Mm. And then he throws a pipe bomb into the is it the exhaust pipe of this truck? I think it's I I don't think it's the exa- I does that is what I wrote down, but I think it's actually the part where you would connect a hose to empty the propane or whatever fuel is in the truck. Mm. Is propane a liquid or a, isn't it a gas? Propane is a. Uh, is a gas, but it is stored in liquid form. Oh. Huh. Like a propane tank has liquid in it. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, this is a moment where like you see him light it and you watch that fuse go real fast, then he throws it into the the tailpipe thing. And then we watch it slow down, and I'm like, come on. Yeah. I love Kyle. He gets, he tells her to run and she's trying to run away from the truck, which is having trouble getting up to speed because of where it is on the sidewalk. And Kyle like jumps into a dumpster, which is like really, he does like a whoop whoop <laughs> flip into a dumpster, <laughs> which is great. It's like, yeah, I think this guy's probably spent a lot of time hiding from people in dumpsters. So the truck explodes. We get a lot of a great composition shot. We get Arnold's face. Yeah. They protect Linda Hamilton with some nice green screen, but it doesn't look too bad. It's not bad. Even in yeah. HD, it wasn't bad. Yeah. She and Kyle reunite just in time for that always amazing endoskeleton to stand up. Mm-hmm. Only weird thing is the human teeth, but I will... Yeah. I'll let it, it slide. It doesn't make any sense, but yeah. Well, it, it makes sense from a design purpose for that, like, if they were like, we're making... That is true. It's got to have yeah. human skin. They're designing it with a human skin in mind. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean I don't so hate it. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So they run into the factory and Bean turns on all the machines, which is pretty smart to kind of give them some cover. I like it, but also like, why are none of the machines doing real jobs? Like they're, it's not like yeah. picking, they're, none of them are like picking something up or like, they're well, just sort of like wiggling. Well, I do think that like a chip factory, right? Like at the end of the day, there aren't just like potatoes and loose bags everywhere like i think the machinery is empty no but like it doesn't feel like they are aligned to do a task it just feels like they put these robot arms throughout the factory yeah yeah like it doesn't feel like this thing is supposed to be picking something up off of the conveyor belt it just looks like it's like wiggle 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 yeah 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 i mean you're not wrong it's not a spark factory though it's not a spark factory in my head it always in my head it is. Yeah. And then I watch it again like, oh, right, factory. no, it's a real robot factory. Yeah. Uh, so they end up like getting chased onto a catwalk and Michael Bean puts a pipe bomb into the perfectly pipe bomb shaped hip hole of the Terminator robots, which is kind of a design flaw. Yeah. I mean, they probably didn't anticipate a pipe bomb. Yeah. Also, it's uh, so it, he- they switch great between like they clearly created a like chest up torso of mm-hmm, the T-100, mm-hmm. 100, 800. I think this is the 800. The T-800 for like a close-up shots. And then they made a, fu- a small full-scale one for like stop motion stuff. And they blend mm-hmm. so seamlessly. Yeah, it is really, really great. Two great puppets. Uh, Linda, the pipe bomb goes off. Linda gets a huge, huge piece of shrapnel in her calf. So now she can't walk. Yeah, this might actually not be a T-800. Someone who knows more about Terminator may be tweeting at us. He calls it the 101 model, but I always thought, in our house, house, he was the T-800. I believe that it was the T-800 model 101. That is my sincere belief. Okay, and then the liquid metal was the T-1000, and then beyond that, I don't care. Well, there's a T-1 million in the the stage show. Oh, that's right. They, They have, like, gun arms, right? I thought it was a big spider. Oh, you know what? Yeah, it's a liquid metal spider thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Linda's got a big piece of shrapnel in her calf, which she pulls out. Um, Kyle's dead, and he doesn't even get like a, I love you. He nope. just is dead. <laughs> um, and then I forgot about this part completely. The horrifying the torso. Scare. Yeah, a jump scare from the horrifying torso, which is great. I mean, it just really is awesome. Uh she lets it chase it through the factory as she crawls away and then she crawls you, you see it's nice because you see a moment of recognition of where she's like i have an idea she mm-hmm. she's clearly at the the squisher and she's like she like notices she it. accidentally turned the squisher on earlier while they were trying to get away she bumped it with her yes elbow. um but it's not you don't it's not like a big like youtube thumbnail reaction it's but like mm-hmm. you can see in her face there's a recognition and she's like i'm gonna crawl through here and squish it and mm-hmm. she squishes it but I don't care why she doesn't get electrocuted. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Well, first of all, it shouldn't. The electric burst is dumb and shouldn't be. That shouldn't be part of this. That's well, like it's 1985, belief. baby. That's that's all I, of our understanding about technology. I know. But just like have her crush the robot. It's fine. Like it doesn't. We don't need this. But, I, you know, it is awesome that she gets the you're terminated fucker and yep. squishes it. It's delightful. Uh, so we get um, that's Chekhov's hydraulic press. And then moments uh, later, actually, the reason why we get the bunker scene is so we can see that Kyle has this picture that we're about to see taken. Right. And that, you know, that's that he's been like in in love with Linda for a long time because Kyle definitely got handed this picture so that he would fall in love with this woman. Mm -hmm. 
driving down the road, clearly in Mexico, uh, you know, getting some gas and doing a monologue about the future. And John, she's clearly pregnant at this point. And a little boy takes her picture, a Polaroid of her, and she buys the Polaroid. And it's like, oh, there's the picture that Kyle Reese has in the future that, you know, makes him fall in love with this woman. Uh, and it's a little bit much that she says something like in the few hours we had together, we loved a lifetime. I'm I like, what okay, it's a bit too much. Um, but you know, it's fine if she liked Kyle Reese. Cause I liked Kyle Reese and I only got to know him for a few hours. So I That's think true. maybe she's just talking about the audience. Uh, yeah, that is, that is it. That's the movie. What are your final Terminator thoughts? It's a fun movie. I, I, I do think I like the second one more because I think I like that Linda Hamilton more. Yeah. Uh, Cameron talked about that a lot, that she kind of became like a feminist icon in the second movie. But the first movie, like without the first movie, that wouldn't feel right, like wouldn't feel earned. So I think they do work together in concert. Yeah. I mean, I guess theoretically you could just jump in with her being that person because then it would sort of track that she trained a like soldier kid. Yes. But yeah, I, I, I mean, you could get there. It would be but fun. also now you get into the paradox I, of is, did she become a militant, you know, soldier child parent because mm-hmm. she learned that that's what she needed to do? Or was she always going to do that? You know what I mean? Uh, I do understand what you're saying, but I think the answer to your question is yes, she did it because she learned she had to. Yeah. But I mean, like, then there's the paradox. Like, so yeah, did yeah, they yeah. create that? Your brain hurts. Yeah. Um, That's a good movie. I think this. I think this is the better movie. I think I prefer T two. That's how I come down it. Okay, I can see that. I just. I think. I think T two is a little shaggier. I think Edward Furlong is a little bit much at times, and it's very well. That's all children. I find. <laughs> but in particular, that performance is like a little aggressively kid power 1990s you know Nickelodeon. um i love that movie it was for a long time of my life i would have told you it was my favorite movie um i think this is the better of the two just in terms of like filmmaking and and like story and stuff i like them both very much i think see i think the story i think the second story is just as strong okay i do it's a little weird that they chose to send back a T-800 knowing Linda Hamilton mm-hmm. would have like a very triggering PTSD reaction to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think the second story is just as strong as the first. Yeah, I mean, it's almost identical. So it's, I mean, it's almost yeah. exactly the same movie again. So I, your point is valid. But I, I don't know. I like, I, I like the Michael Bean performance a lot. I think, I think there's a lot to like in this movie. I mean, I think there's a lot to like in T2. I, I think they're both very good. Uh, T2 obviously is like a watershed special effects movie. This one, obviously a big special effects movie too, but I do think this one is just like slightly the better movie. Uh, although I think my personal favorite remains T2, but I, I much like uh, spoiler alert for a conversation we'll be having over the course of next year. I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is probably the best Indiana Jones movie, but it's not my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Okay, that's That's all I'm saying. Uh, But yeah, this is wonderful. You should seek it out if you've never seen it before. I hope that we didn't uh, ruin your enjoyment of it. But this is a great, great, great 80s action movie. One of the all time best action movies, period. Uh, 
wonderful all around. And uh, I personally am excited for Avatar 2 because I saw the first one and I'm excited to see his big dumb special effects spectacle. Although, <laughs> boy, it's going to be hard to pay full movie price. Yeah, I bet. Uh, but yeah, we will be back in two weeks. Uh, we have we 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 talked a little bit about uh, you know the the Devito uh, Schwarzenegger. I guess we could. I guess we uh, we haven't locked this in yet. We could make it Schwartz and no, I guess Schwartz in November would have made more sense. But Schwartz in December, Schwartz in December, uh, and do no. twins instead. No, okay. I don't like Schwartz. Uh, I don't. Whatever you were trying to make happen, I didn't. I was. I'm not following you on that journey. But I do like twins. Uh, we'll we'll probably get the twins next year when it has an anniversary. But we are doing another Danny DeVito movie, uh, Danny DeVito and Billy Crystal together in Throw Mama from the Train, which turns uh, 35 this year. So also starring Mama Fratelli. Uh, Mama Fratelli, that's right. Uh, I just forgot her name, but uh, right, Anne, 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 Annie. I th- I think so. I don't know the last name, but I think Anne. Damn. Annie. I thought that was going to help us get there. Well. We'll have all that information for you in two weeks when we talk about Throw Mama from the Train. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. It's at Dissect the 80s. We would love to hear from you on either of those. Always like talking to our listeners. Uh, Please rate and review the show if you haven't done that yet. And uh, importantly, there's going to be a full-length episode on lethal weapon on the patreon coming up very shortly plus a secret christmas commentary so ton of extra content coming your way there patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s you get both of those at the five dollar tier you get just the christmas mentary if you sign up at uh the two dollar tier as well so check that out patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s get yourself a nice christmas present for you a bunch of extra content from your favorite podcast thank you so much for listening i have been trip Lano. i will always be andrew Lano. Until next time, I'll be back. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.